Welcome to We Are Something Else. Tonight, home on the range. Can we drink? Oh, uh, Superfly's drinking, ain't he? Hey, I'm going in. No keto over here. No. <laughs> Got the red cup out. Got the red cup. All right. Yeah, All right. Yeah. CB, we're 21 today. Hey. Can you believe it? And I mean, I feel like in honor of that, I had some cake earlier. It was my cheat day. Oh, what's that? So, uh, yeah. We're, we're about three weeks away from my, from my cheat day. <laughs> I've decided three weeks from now. There no you matter go. where I'm at with this keto, mm-hmm. I'm cheating. Right. And I don't know if you hear what's going on in the background. Maybe maybe when the the audience might not hear it, but we're hearing it right now. We're yeah. we're in a new location. We're actually right? yes yes we're actually outside. We're live, literally out yeah. in the the back of the studio. Yeah. Right. We're mm-hmm. trying to we're becoming method podcasters you know? tonight. So we're setting up. So we got the table. We got to take pictures. Set up the table. Set up. Got the candles going. Mm-hmm. Um, the citronella looking citronella, all yeah, uh, romantic. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Three guys sitting around the table with a romantic setting. I don't know <laughs> what, what that is, but whatever. Yeah. All right. So CB, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Clay? I'm I'm good, man. Uh, super fly. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. So I was. Uh, how's you guys weekend? Weekend's been good. It's been busy. Busy? Uh, but it's been good. You had a, a photo shoot today, right? I did. I did. A uh, a buddy of mine who I'm hoping will eventually be able to get onto the podcast here the sooner he's actually getting to uh, launching. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's got a um, uh, intellectual property, a startup called Abwad. Oh. Uh, he's going to have an app that gives you ab workouts of the day. That's nice. what Abwad stands for. Mm-hmm. And I got to be one of the... Uh, uh, like oh, models, I guess. Yeah, I got a right. shirt on right now. Um, one of the models and everything for models and everything for like the uh, uh, the videos that right, are going right, to be on you. the app, which is dope. Got you. So, I mean, you should tell your boy I want to be part of it because I can I could be the the before model and then. <laughs> You can be the after. Yeah. However it works out. You're right. You'll be like, oh, man, you do keto for like four months with Abwad. And look, you go from happens, black right? to being a short Asian dude. Yeah. <laughs> Super fly. Yo. What's up, brother? Living the dream, man. 
Living a dream. Yo, I'm, let me say, this this, this outdoor is, setting. Superfly is not just a moniker, you know what I'm saying? This is, it's, no, this a, way is the, life, this a way of life. <laughs> exactly. No, I agree. This outdoor setting exactly. is, is, is nice. And I, I think that ties in well with our special guest yeah, that we spe- have today. So tonight we are talking to Morgan Gold. Morgan, are you there? I'm here, guys. Oh, he's coming in perfect. That's perfect. So Morgan is um, our special guest tonight. He's going to tell us all about farm living from from the city life to the farm but uh before we get into that let's um let's talk this free agency is, is going crazy in the nba right now so mm-hmm. we all know lebron went to the lakers yeah now we know that a couple of guys jumped on the the lakers i'm gonna say bandwagon but jumped on the team as well yeah. we got rondo now we've got lance mm-hmm. um and now the biggest one that, that could happen at sometime next couple of weeks is is Melo. Melo yeah. said he wants to play with lebron yeah i mean I think that there are a bunch of people hoping that Melo was to go to the Warriors because they're thinking that might be the only way to take him down. <laughs> <laughs> so he would be the Achilles heel, right? Exactly, right. But unfortunately, he said the Warriors have no more money to spend. I mean, So th- yeah. that's not a possibility. Uh, but never, uh, never say never, you never know. Right. But, I mean, LeBron does need help. Uh, I necessarily don't know if Melo is the help. That's uh, his I, boy. I, but. I, yeah. I would love to see um, Dame Lillard get the chance. I think that would be huge. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's not like uh, I was. I was mentioning this to someone earlier in the week, uh, comparing Dame and Kyrie. Mm-hmm. And Ky- Dame might not have the same get to the basket skills mm-hmm. that Kyrie does, mm-hmm. but I think Dame's a better point guard than Kyrie has been at this point in his career. They're- so I think that there's definitely a value add if you mm-hmm. get first team all nba right. point guard on the team to play right. with lebron cuz that's what lillard was this year is 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 he capable of putting up 48 and sharing the ball though yes i mean dude I, him and cj McCollum been putting oh, up buckets together okay and you know so i think i think he's got the capability right. i definitely think he's got the capability and like, i guess the bigger question is does he have the personality to deal with the lebron cuz we know yeah, i think so lebron is the alpha male no matter where he goes um, the, the interesting part is going to be what do you do with not even Lonzo is Lavar. Yeah, Lavar is going to be he's already talking. Mm-hmm. He's already saying that him and LeBron, uh, his son and LeBron together are going to you know win championships. And I, I I appreciate the confidence, but this dude right. right here he's also made a lot of other comments too beforehand. Right. Yeah. But it's I, almost like he forgot about his other son that didn't get any <laughs> playing time. In the in the league, yeah. he's disowned him. Yeah, and that's yeah. all about his other son, LeBron. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, I was saying that I really I couldn't stand Lavar talking if the Lakers were to win a championship. Right. How they're constructed now, mm-hmm. um, they still may move Lonzo. It's yeah. still it's never know. Yeah. I mean, at least to the All Star break, I guess they'll see what it works out. Right. So, but uh, Wizards got. Dwight Howard. Dwight, yeah. <laughs> Notice how we call him Dwight Howard, not Superman anymore. Right. <laughs> yeah, I've been Superman in like three He's teams. Like a super flop, man. Like three or four teams, man. So it's an upgrade, but you know I'm not that excited. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a disappointment now that we ain't, we know we're not getting boogie. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, Dwight at this point is just trying to stay afloat in the league. Mm-hmm. You know that's the issue when you you're on a different team every year. Yeah, kind of, I mean some people get. Put on different teams because they're they're good trade bait. Mm-hmm. Some people just get put on different teams because nobody wants them. Right. So the fact that he was cut from the Hornets, 
well, they pushed out from the Hornets. Right. Tells you a lot about them. Yeah. I mean. But who knows? I yeah. mean, the locker room is probably what's going to be the the issue with them because you've already got a. I'm, I'm wondering if that's really even going to be an issue. Like, well, I really, like, I, I'm just. You never know. Yeah. He, he is a locker room headache, but then you also got a, a temperamental locker room right now with Wall and Beal and, you know, they're. I guess still trying to figure out what they're going to do that what they're doing. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I at this point I feel like the East is irrelevant, but moves like this at least make the hometown team somewhat somewhat more interesting. All right, all right. Uh, so speaking of moving and hometowns, (laughs) yeah, that's perfect for our our guest tonight. (laughs) Morgan, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing really well. Great. uh, just got in, finished my chores for the night, and just uh, chilling out, ready to talk to you guys. Let's do this. Awesome. So um, let's start off. Tell us the name of your of your farm. Yeah, so my, my farm is called Goldshaw Farm. It's a combination of my last name and uh, the family who owned our farm for about 110 years or so. Wow. So oh, wow. the Shaw family. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, so tell us, where, where are you from originally? So... I originally grew up in uh, the Connecticut, like Hartford area, mm-hmm. uh, in the suburbs, and then uh, spent about 20 years living in different cities, whether it was Boston, Hartford, Brooklyn, and then D.C., before I ultimately uh, packed up my stuff and, and came up here to the farm in northern Vermont. Nice. So so what, what brought about you in being uh, interested in, in farming? You know, it, 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 it's kind of a weird thing. So I grew up with no agricultural experience whatsoever, you know. Food As most farmers came do. from the supermarket, <laughs> you know. I had no concept of that. Right, and right. Uh, it wasn't until, uh, you know, I guess it was like my early 30s, and I started growing lots of tomatoes on my rooftop in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And uh, that sort of started it. And then when I moved to D.C., we, you know, had a little place in Capitol Hill, and we ripped up our front yard and put in garden beds and grew some stuff on the roof. and that sort of started to like get a little bit bigger. And then uh, eventually, you know, I'm the type of person who always wanted to try to take things to the extreme. I said, you know, screw it. Let's get a big farm and, <laughs> and really try to make this a, a, a real go of it. And so uh, a couple of years back, uh, my wife and I, we found this farm up uh, just about 50 miles south of the border here in Vermont mm-hmm. and uh, have been trying to like re- rehab it. Um, you know, we put in a 600-tree orchard. We just wow. got 40 Jeez. ducks on the farm here. And, you know, slowly but surely trying to turn this into a working farm. Wow. Wow. That's that's incredible. Um, what what came into play when you were looking for your land? Um, you know, it was a couple of factors. It was, one, uh, something that was cheap. <laughs> you, <Right>. know, <laughs> uh, you know, because... It's you know it's tough to, to buy a place, and uh, I think the other thing was we wanted to be up in New England. My wife and I were both from this area. You know, as much as I loved my time in D.C., those D.C. summers are brutal. And uh, yeah. yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll take the the negative twenty degree winters in, in January and February up here over the ninety five degrees and ninety five percent humidity summers any day. So so that those were the biggest factors. And then, you know, there's little things like does it have enough land? You know, what are your neighbors like? What's the town like? All that sort of stuff were, were all things that we looked into. Wow. 
You hear, first of all, you hear that DC? You're driving people away because how hot and humid it is out here. <laughs> what <laughs> what is global warming is not going to make it. <laughs> no, any right, no, no. right. Yeah, no, you're right. But actually, I will say, uh, the last past two days we've had 70s. It's, it's been like, absolutely like, amazing. I mean, today so, it was like 81 or yeah, whatever. I, like completely out of the norm. Yeah, because th- we've had a, how many other days this week that it was in the 90s? So yeah. you know, <laughs> but so, I think it's right. <laughs> I think it's funny because I, uh, I was telling Morgan a little a couple weeks ago, I was like, I've been to Vermont once. Uh, I went there for a beer pilgrimage because that's what <laughs> I, I know about Vermont. They, they make great beer up there. Right. And um, we, it was, we did this trip in October, and it, it's like 70 degrees, 75 degrees when we leave Maryland. We get to Vermont. Um, we hit a couple of the, the brewery, or not the breweries, but the bars um, in, near the little bed and breakfast that we were staying in. We left the last bar when it closed, and it was snowing. <laughs> and one of my one of my boys that I was with did not bring anything but shorts. Oh my god! He was just not ready for it. Were you in the mountains? I was mean, it? we're in Berlin. We were like up in kind of the same area where uh, okay. where Morgan is. Okay. So, um, but yeah, it was it was kind of hilarious. We're, he he brought like some. Uh, some like track pants that he normally would like sleep in right. and we're like bro you're just gonna have to wear those the entire time because it's <laughs> it's snowing out here right <laughs> so morgan what's, what's the your typical summer like so far well you know summer's crazy busy here because you know between working my day job and uh working the farm you know you're just basically trying to take advantage of every hour of daylight mm-hmm. um right you know, the, the past couple of weeks, it's been a lot of mulching trees, taking care of trees. Um, I do a crazy amount of mowing. We've got about, we've got 160 acres total here, Ooh. but there's about 50 acres of just pasture. So okay. imagine wow. the world's largest lawn that you have to mow <laughs> on a regular basis. You don't have <laughs> so a push I've mower, dude. <laughs> and, and then the other big thing is uh, about two weeks ago, we had 40 little ducklings show up in the mail. And uh, I've been just taking care of those guys, and I actually just moved them outside for the first time earlier this week. And, uh, you know, just, you know, making sure they have water, making sure they're healthy, making sure they're fed, just, you know. So what have you learned about what have you learned about the ducklings uh, to make you, I'm assuming that's your, your first uh, live animal that you have on the farm? Yeah, other than the barn cats, they are the first animals that we have here at the farm. And, and, and the reason was actually a couple of things. Mm-hmm. Number one, because we have this orchard, um, I wanted the ducks to help control some of the pests and insects and weeds that pop up in the orchard. So, mm-hmm. so we, do, we do everything organically here. Mm-hmm. And, and so the ducks are great for that. And then second, um, ducks are great producers of eggs, but not a lot of people produce duck eggs. So I found sort of a niche in the market and mm-hmm. uh, um, plan to actually start selling duck eggs on a regular basis um, in the not too distant future. Nice. And then the third thing is ducks are just cool. They're like fun <laughs> little animals to watch. You know, they're, they're goofy as all hell. And, right. Uh, I, I just like hanging out with them. I see the pictures you're posting on Instagram, so I was like, yo, that's a lot of ducks. And it, so, <laughs> yeah. so, so speaking well, of... That's uh, actually what the thing that most people are saying. It's like, not so much, oh, you've got ducks. It's, whoa, that's a lot right, of Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so real quick, speaking of Instagram, uh, give us your, your handles, your IG and your Facebook so... People can find you. Yeah, people can find you. Yeah, yeah. If, if anybody's looking for us, I'm wondering watch, uh, we put up a lot of videos and, and photos and stuff. On Instagram, it's Goldshaw Farm, all one word. On YouTube, it's Goldshaw Farm. Facebook, it's Goldshaw Farm. So it's, it's, it's you know, all pretty generally consistent. Um, 
but yeah, we do uh, YouTube videos twice a week, every Mondays and Thursdays, and then sometimes in between, and then a lot of stuff on Instagram. What do you um, normally post on your YouTube videos? You know, it's it's a variety of stuff. Some of it is educational, showing people like how we take care of the trees, how we trained our barn cats. Uh, the last couple weeks, it's been all ducks all the time. You know, just showing the process of, you know, like what is it like to get a box of forty ducks showing up in the mail <laughs> and uh, <laughs> picking it up at the post office and bringing them home. How to take care of the ducks. Um, you know, actually, I've got a new video out tomorrow, I think, showing how uh, we're building, like, a mobile duck house that's nice. going to be nice. able to move around the orchard on a regular basis and, and kind of that process. So it's a lot of fun stuff. I I, uh, I actually studied, like, uh, film and animation in college, so it's been a lot of fun to be able to make videos and stuff. I haven't been able to do it in a while, just, you know, kind of as a personal passion project. And so, so Let some of that creativity that. out. Yeah. No. Yeah, exactly. The, you know, got to have that opportunity to scratch that creative itch mm -hmm. right so and i've watched uh, i've a couple seen of some of those, those they've done really too. well yeah the, so. the, the quality is real good yeah i was asking what camera he used or you know what, what was he using and it, he uses some good stuff i mean this <laughs> so we yeah gotta, just like a little sony cam you, you, so the biggest trick that i've found is is lighting it's all mm. about the lighting right. like if you can make sure you have good natural light or good light sources and killing away the harsh shadows it just makes everything look so much better right. yeah i believe that what do you um so obviously the the stereotype about ducks is they fly south for the winter what do you <laughs> what do you plan to do with yours during the winter so so our ducks don't fly okay. um they're they're land-based ducks okay. the breed called khaki campbells interesting and uh they don't need to have a pond which are like the two biggest myths that people right. have wow and uh yeah, the, totally the third thing with that. ducks is they're actually really cold hardy so, um, you know, they can be in, in sub-zero temperatures and be just fine with just a little bit of shelter. And so what I'm actually going to be doing is taking the mobile duck house I have mm -hmm. and uh, coating it in some greenhouse plastic so uh, it can actually keep and retain heat a little bit better. Nice. And uh, that's where I'll be keeping them uh, for the winter uh, as things start to kind of get cold and, yeah. like, say October like when like it's, CB was saying yeah when it's snowing <laughs> and stuff <All> right. <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> are there any qualities about duck eggs that uh, make them different than chicken eggs yeah you know so, so duck eggs are interesting they're known as the, the baker's best friend they are about one and a half times the size of a, a standard chicken egg. Oh, wow. Okay. And they have a bit more yolk to them and they're a little bit richer and so that means wow. that when you're baking with them or you're using them to make things like mayonnaise, they just start are creamier and, and just sort of a better texture. And so uh, Interesting. that's that's the main reason people like to use duck eggs. But then you can also just make a pretty darn good omelet with them, too. So <laughs> wow. They're nice okay. that way. Okay. How, how far are you along um, for being for your ducks producing eggs? Um, so if I'm doing my math right, they should probably start producing in early October. But the, the plan is, and the way I time this out, that they'll be in, like, peak production come spring of next year. Nice. So so this was meant to sort of kind of test the case and establish some things. And then, uh, next year what I'll be doing, if this is working, I'll be adding more and more ducks as well as starting to sell to uh, some of the local uh, groceries and co-op stores up here in Vermont. Um, and then 
the other thing is, uh, so so half the ducks are going to stay. The other half of the ducks are going to end up going to the freezer. Okay. <laughs> and uh, we're going to be doing uh, some some things with duck charcuterie and a couple of other things as well. Um, okay. I've heard good things the about duck bacon. Uh, duck bacon. Well, what, what actually the big thing I'm, I'm zeroing in on right now is duck sausage. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. I might be hitting you up, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'll, I, if, if I can get this together, I will. I will send a, a care package down to DC for you guys. Oh, that'd be beautiful. Um, what else besides the? Uh, I guess the ducks are the. Besides the, uh, you said the barn cats, the the only animals that are on there. But what are some of the the crops that you guys are focusing on, or the vegetables, or any of that? Yeah, so, so I, I put in this uh, orchard uh, last year. It was crazy. It was like over the span of a couple days, it was like three or four family members and a handful of friends who came and stayed at the farm, and, and we put in about 600 trees. Whew, um, yeah, I know, right? Like I said, I don't do anything at a small scale. Right, right. <laughs> and um, it's a mix of stuff, too. It's uh, chestnuts, hazelnuts. Uh, elderberries, mulberries, apple trees. Um, I, I tried to find as many non-standard crops as possible to grow because, you know, what I've found is a lot of farmers struggle because they're growing the same exact thing that everybody else is. And so that I've makes been sense. Trying to find some some niches that I can establish and, and make a part of the farm business so that it can be long-term sustainable. Got to be something else. Not, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why don't well don't worry about being better? Just be different. Right. Exactly. So your your clo- how close is your closest neighbor? Uh, you know, not too far. Right? I mean, so so it's one of those weird things where in one direction our closest neighbor is like a mile, but then in the other direction our closest neighbor is like I don't know two hundred feet. Okay. <laughs> so Are they? It, 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 it's it's actually nice. It's not that socially isolating. Um, okay. The town I'm in, which is Peakdom, uh, Vermont, um, is is just a really cool little place. It's uh, a town of about 700 people. Everybody wow. knows everybody, but everybody's super friendly, super welcoming. Um, they have like weird little small town things. Like on the Fourth of July, they just did this tractor parade. where probably like 120 tractors were like just driving up the main street of our town for the parade and it's just it's it's amazing people are tossing candy it's it's so much fun that sounds pretty awesome yeah (laughs) it's very like wow what sort of weird storybook kind of place did i walk into it's (laughs) it's been such a transition from from like life in dc but uh yeah I'm, i'm loving it so that's my next question what's what's the biggest adjustment thus far you know, all those little conveniences that you don't even think about, like, uh, you know, where you can get sushi or, uh, <laughs> like, you know, Seamless or, or Grubhub or any of those right. types of things, <laughs> or um, just, like, how to get dry cleaning or a good haircut, all those things go out the window, and it's like, oh, you got to go an hour there or an hour and a half that way to get this or that, and so... Uh, like that stuff is much harder to come by. Um, you end up getting most of your stuff through Amazon just because, like, that's the only way you can get good selection. Other than going to like the Walmart, that's like an hour away. Um, <laughs> so, so you know, it, it's that type of stuff that that is the biggest adjustment. Um, but you know, there's trade-offs with anything. Do you do you have a Prime service all the way out there? Oh 
Oh, hell, heck yeah, man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, but it's funny. Like, what I found in D.C., right, like, it, Prime was always so super quick. Like, you could order something, and the next day somebody's, like, tossing something at your doorstop. You're like, wait, it's Sunday. How did this even happen? <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, up here, they stretch Prime to the limit where it's like, you know, well, it's two business days. And there so <laughs> it, it can take a little bit longer, but, but it's it's definitely a good service. Nice. Um, any other animals you're thinking about um, bringing in? You know, I, I'm right now. I'm torn between either getting a bunch of cows or a bunch of pigs, and so we'll see. I'm gonna. I promised my wife that I was gonna wait until next year before pulling the trigger on this one, but mm-hmm. um, I'm pretty sure it's gonna be one of those two two animals. Both sound delicious. <laughs> so I know exactly. Either grass-fed beef or you know forest-raised pork. Like, how can you go wrong? Right. You can't. No. No. <laughs> Um, so when you're ordering your, your, your livestock, how do you go about ordering animals? Well, so, so it, it, it actually depends the, the different types of animals that you're, you're trying to get. So if you're trying to buy, say, cattle or sheep or pigs, even to a certain extent, you're usually looking more local. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, you know, you're going to, you know, livestock auctions or talking to the farmer down the road or talking to somebody... You know, they have these, like, actual message boards that you can do purchases of livestock. And so I never thought in my life I'd be, you know, <laughs> cruising those looking for good deals, but I, I find myself doing that these days. Um, so, so that's typically how you're buying your livestock that way. But for certain things like poultry, you can get them online. So, for example, uh, like if you guys are sitting at home right now, you can go – uh, it's like Meyer Hatchery, M-E-Y-E-R uh, Hatchery uh, dot com, and you can find catalogs online of different birds and different breeds of birds that you can order, and they'll ship them in the mail. Because birds, when they're hatched, typically don't need to eat or drink for at least the first two days. Wow. Um, so as long as they're kept warm, they're fine. And so they send these animals like in these <clears throat> like heat packed uh boxes and and they just show up and they're ready to go it's, it's pretty amazing yeah that's wild wow yeah so as far as your everyday living so you say you uh you, you have another job outside of yep. farming do you do you commute are you working from home yeah, no, I commute. So um, it's one of those things where I'm commuting, I don't know, about 45 minutes uh, each way um, every morning and wow. night. Uh, How many miles is that, though? What's that? How many miles is that out to Montpelier? <laughs> well, yeah, this is a big difference with DC. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's about a 28-mile drive. Yeah. My my commute in D.C., because I was going from Capitol Hill to Bethesda, yeah. was typically like 45 or 50 minutes, mm-hmm. and that was like, I don't know, eight or nine miles. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so, a, that's so what I was it's expecting. It's a much more serene drive, I'll give it that. You I'm, know, you're going over mountains and through valleys and past all these farms, and it's, it's pretty nice. Only downside is the cell phone signal is bunk. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah. Wow. How um so is it basically just you and uh you and wifey or how big is the operation on the farm? Yeah, no, it's 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 really just the two of us. Um, you know, we uh, are you know like I'll hire out certain people to help me do stuff. So for example, 
last year I had to dig some giant trenches for the trees and, uh, you know, like a, a farmer who's a neighbor down the road, you know, came and worked for a couple of days. But uh, for the most part, it's just us. And, and so what's nice, though, about the way I've set my life up here is uh, I can work. I get up like crack of dawn and, you know, do a couple hours of chores then get cleaned up and head into the office. And then, you know, I get back here probably around 6, 630 and can do a little bit more stuff and chip away. And so it's 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 nice to be able to see this progress. Uh, there was a, a stretch of time for almost two years where I was commuting back and forth from DC to the farm up here. Oh, yeah. We were doing oh, a yeah. bunch of renovations and stuff. And that was crazy stressful. And, and I just wasn't able to be up here enough to really make a dent in all the stuff that we have to do. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, now that I'm here, it's, it's been amazing to see just how much progress has happened in like the last, I don't know, six, seven weeks. Wow, that's pretty dope. So when you yeah. when you say everyday chores, what what type of everyday chores does farming consist of? <laughs> well, let's see. So um, you know, the last couple of weeks have it's been a lot of tree maintenance. So mulching and weeding and mulching and weeding. That's every six hundred trees. Six hundred. Wow. <laughs> so so that's like one example. Uh, because we're in Vermont and it gets cold, uh, you know, you got to put up your wood for the winter. And so I've been uh, splitting and stacking wood on a regular basis, uh, you know, trying to build up a store of, of wow. that. And, uh, you know, then there's other things like just taking care of the animals. Sometimes I have to move the fencing. Sometimes I have to move um, uh, some of the, the water stuff that we have to try to make it easier throughout the course of the week so if i spend like an hour or two just doing it it only takes me like five minutes on the next day and so you know i try to do a lot of stuff where i'm like setting myself up for efficiency by stacking right how how is your um your wife settled in as far as becoming a, a farmer now <laughs> she's good she's good she she is she's actually sort of uh treated as a farm assistant she <laughs> is, is going back to school right now to okay. be a nurse practitioner okay and so uh her her vision is to be sort of a pseudo country doctor out here um, okay you know in rural areas it's amazing how limited healthcare services are and uh my wife you know she used to do a lot of uh public health work in, in places like western africa so she's always looking for a good public health project to work on and and what she found is, wow, they just need people to be practicing out here. And so, so that's what motivated her to go back to school. And so she'll, she'll, once she's done with that, she'll just be working in the area. That, that's amazing. Yeah, that's awesome, yeah. man. So two things came to mind when, when we first thought about um, this show. So I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Funny Farm with, with Chevy <laughs> Chase. I thought about that. I was like, so in this case, if you haven't seen Funny Farm, Funny Farm is a movie about uh, a city, Chevy Chase. He's a yeah. big city guy and he's, he bought a farm. I can't remember. It may was it may have been Vermont. I don't know somewhere. Don't and he decided he was going to write a book. He wanted to become a novelist, and he was going to buy all his land. He's going to become a farmer. Knew nothing about it. <laughs> he moves all the way out there, and like everything you could think of just happens to him. <laughs> right. Hence the word funny farm. But yeah. it was actually a funny movie. And then I thought about um, the movie. I don't know if you've seen it. Baby Boom. It. <laughs> Diane Keaton. You, okay. Have you seen that one, Morgan? Oh, yeah, yeah, no, these are the two that people most often cite when I explain what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> so, in this one, not in Morgan's case, but as a woman, um, big city worker, um, she inherits her, a kid, her, her cousin, and she gets fired from her, her big city job, and she's like, you know what, 
I think this one, I, I want to rate everything back to Vermont, <laughs> but I think she did buy a house in Vermont. <laughs> but um, she buys a, a farmhouse in Vermont, and again, it's the, in the almost again, like, to quote a, another movie, like the money pit. The house yeah. on paper looked really, really well, mm-hmm. and then she gets in the house, and again, all this stuff starts happening. Yeah. Um, and it's again, it's just big city living adjusting to small town living but then along the way she uh comes up with like a homemade applesauce because she you know, she is an apple orchard that she, it, she, it. she she bought and so it's just how she finds her way right and so that that kind of sounds like somewhat of the case here um morgan with the eggs right hey, hey morgan did you know anyone that had owned or operated a farm like how did it occur to you that oh i could do this you, you know what I, I did I, I at least initially and and what I did was just a lot of reading a lot of research when I was in DC I started getting to know farmers actually in like the Virginia area um, who would like let me come out to their place and you know I get to walk around and see what they have going on and uh, you know it was that type of thing that um, sort of started my interest and started to make me say, yeah, this is something I could realistically do was like going and visiting other people's farms. And I think that was what, yeah, made it real and tangible. There we go. Nice. Um, city life. So you're about 28 miles from the city. Is, is it a, is a, would you compare it to DC or is it a, is a smaller oh, city? No, not, not, I mean, let's, let's put it in perspective, right? So <laughs> DC as just the district, now, right. you know, forget Arlington and yeah. Alexandria and right. Bethesda, just, just the district has more people than the entire state of Vermont. Wow. That's for perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, Montpelier, which is where I work now, mm-hmm. um, is, you know, and it's about, you know, 45 minute drive. I think it has like about seven or eight thousand people. I could be wrong, but it's, it's, I know I can guarantee you it's less than 10. And, um, that's the state capital. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're talking entirely different orders of magnitude um, in terms of population density and, and what it means to be a city out here versus, mm-hmm. like, down there. Right, right. Is there, is there a nightlife for any of the younger guys or most of the younger guys that are farmers? Yeah, I have friends over and we drink beers on my porch. <laughs> that, that, that's about as extensive yeah, as I like. That's how you turn up in Vermont. <laughs> but, but actually, joking aside, I mean, the, the, the best thing with Vermont is, and CV mentioned it again mm-hmm. earlier too, is, is sort of the craft beer selection yeah. that they have out here is absolutely amazing. Right? Um, yeah. You know, there's, you know, within probably a 30 minute drive of the farm here, there's. I want to say like five or actually six like renowned breweries yeah. that are just right there. And so that does help and that does bring some interest and brings people from out of town for, for sure. Brought me up. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so your ultimate goal um, for the farm, what, what do you, 10 years from, from, uh, from now, what do you, where do you want your farm to be at? So, so the goal is to have something that's that's sustainable for me on, on a couple different levels. One that's sustainable and is doing right for the land and doing right by the animals. Two, though, it's, it's sustainable as a business. And so you see so many farms out there that are losing money or struggling. And, and so what I want to do is actually have a good, solid 
you know, not lucrative, but mm-hmm. sustainable uh, financial situation. And then third, it's, it's, it's sustainable for me personally. It's not something where I'm burning myself out and getting miserable and, you know, hating all the ducks, but, it, but it's actually <laughs> something that, that really brings me joy as I wake up every morning and, and try to deal with stuff here. Um, you know, so, so that's, that's the ultimate goal. What that looks like in terms of a business, I don't know. I'm, you know, I've got kind of a marketing background and I've, you know, been very focused on thinking about the business side of the farm mm-hmm. and I've been testing out a lot of things and, you know, I'm, you know, going to continue to do that for the near future and try to find the right recipe and mix of things that works that, that makes it a good business. What is it about farming that really, you know, turns you on and, and you know, makes you passionate? You know, like the most, you know, you think of that, that human needs pyramid, right? Um, you know, you, you need like shelter and, mm-hmm. and like clothing and food. And, and so food is like such a basic need. But if you look at where our society's at today, um, you know, we're often so disconnected from it. You know, people mm-hmm. don't necessarily cook for themselves. People don't necessarily think about where their food comes from. Um, but once you start to unpack that and think about all those things, you start to learn that there's, there's a lot of work. There's a lot of complexity. There's some interesting systems. There's a lot of good process stuff. And, and there's a lot of intellectual challenges that come with uh, growing and raising good food. And, and so, you know, that's, that for me is the biggest thing that sparks interest is, is trying to solve those things, coming up with new ways to do it, coming up with more efficient ways to do it, coming up with ways that are uh, going to help improve the land. That sort of stuff is, is really interesting to me. Nice. Um, so as far as land out there, I mean, land can be very lucrative. Um, are the property taxes going to kick your ass? <laughs> well, here's actually one of the reasons I ended up in Vermont. They have something, an organization known as the Vermont Land Trust. Um, and, and what it is, is it's a way to preserve uh, uh, farmland and forest land uh, in the state of Vermont. And when it's preserved, you know, there's some development restrictions in place. Like, so for example, our farm's held in the Vermont Land Trust. And so it can never be subdivided. I can't like put condos up or do anything with it. That's it can awesome. only ever be used as farm and forest. But the upside of that is Vermont then gives you uh, some very, very generous uh, tax advantages uh, in terms of property taxes. Nice. And and so that makes it, it something that's relatively affordable to hold a, a property of this size um, because of the Vermont Land Trust. So there's other states have some things that are similar but not not all of them do um but it, but it's a huge huge help for people who are trying to start with small farms was it just like a stroke of luck that the shaw family who had had this farm for 100 years that it was just available um well and, and there was actually a, a couple of, of landholders in between us um but uh yeah it was definitely a stroke of luck but at the same time, you know, it had been on the market for a number of years. The farm had been abandoned for, I think, about five or six before oh, wow. we, we actually wow. moved here. And uh, that was just a matter of a lot of research on my part and my wife's part where, you know, we were, you know, looking at every real estate site, looking at every zip code, looking for, you know, different kind of uh, land parcels and doing just doing a ton of research. And, and 
that was how we ultimately ended up stumbling on this place. So how much actual, before the animals and the, the land, how much actual restoration to the house did you have to do to, you said it had been oh, five man. or six years. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I'm sitting here now and there's still so much we need to do because <laughs> uh, it's still very much a work in progress. But, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, we had to do like a lot of structural stuff. So this house was built in uh, 1835. Wow. Jeez. And it was only one and a half stories at the time. Mm-hmm. And then in like 1920-ish or so, uh, the farmer who owned it actually made it two and a half stories. So they did like a big expansion of it. Mm-hmm. But they never did a lot of the structural stuff that uh, you typically do with a house in terms of supporting the floor beams mm-hmm. and stuff. And so we had to do a lot of that work when we first bought it. Um, you know, the fl- it's, it's cool, though. It's got a lot of character. The floors mm-hmm. are all wavy. Like I can drop a marble on the corner of the room I'm sitting in right now and watch it roll all the way to the other corner. <laughs> it's like one of those things, but, uh, you know, it, it's, 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 it's got a lot of character to it, if you yeah. will. <laughs> right. So that, that, that's, I mean, we, we, on our show, we talk about investing in yourself and, mm-hmm. um, following after your dreams and pursuing things that you want to do. Yeah. Going um, after your passion. Exactly. So this is a perfect story about, a person, Morgan, him and his wife, they were in a, in a city and they decided to buy a farm. No, knew nothing about it, but then not not only just it's not just buying a farm, it's buying a piece of property that had been isolate isolated for five or six years. No one had lived there, and then so it's not just them inher- buying a farm. They have to build a house. They have to pretty much rebuild the structural portions of the house. Right. Right. Uh, before they could even get to the part where, oh, let's bring in ducks, let's bring in 600 trees, let's, that's, that's really... Let's inv- actually do farm stuff now. Exactly, yeah. That's, that's really investing in yourself. So how long did it take you to just actually pull the trigger and it's like, you know what, let's just, let's just go ahead and do it? You know, so it was probably about two years of research and thinking about it and talking about it and trying to make sure that like my goals for things, my wife's goals for things were, were aligned and then ultimately finding the place. Um, so it was, it was about two years, but you know, the big thing was just, you know, kind of taking a positive step each like little go forth. Like right. you try to look at it like, and I look back now over the last, I guess it's been four years now since we started the process of, Hey, let's look into this. And it's amazing just how drastically different my life is and how, how much has changed and how far we've come. But at the same time, it's like you can unpack it, you know, step by step. And it wasn't that drastic at each of those steps. And so by focusing on just taking that positive action and, and you know, kind of getting just a tad closer each day, mm-hmm. that's, that's what got us here. And, and it's, ama- it's amazing how far you can get just by being very consistent when it comes to that sort of thing. Wow. They say consistency is key. Consistency is the most underrated thing on, on the face of the earth. I believe that. Um, so a couple fun questions. Um, do you have a cable provider out there? You know, we do, but we don't have cable. Like okay. we, uh, we were cord cutters. So we okay. went, okay. Um, we talked about that last week. Yeah. 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 So exactly. So like, uh, we've got Netflix, uh, okay. we've got HBO and then, 
I guess now I'm going to have to pony up for the total ice package to watch the Caps. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah, but we don't have cable, so I couldn't tell you even who the cable okay. provider is. Uh, and so what, I know you um, were a frequenter of the Capitals uh, while you were here, and yep. as soon as you leave... <laughs> Oh, the mayhem broke out in D.C. and they, right. they won the Stanley Cup. You know Cup. what? It killed me because we, we had season tickets for a couple of years and I had a couple of tickets to those games and just had to pass them off to other others in our uh, buying group there, yeah. man. It, it was it was a bummer, but it, it was a great outcome. I, I couldn't be happier about sort of how things turned out there. Right. Nice. Um, so uh, for the future, do you plan on setting up like a online store once you start producing so people can – you know, purchase eggs or, or bacon or maybe um, any kind of branding that you may put out? Yeah, you know, we will eventually okay. uh, once we have something to sell. Yeah, <laughs> right. just, just wondering, uh, just wondering if, that's, if that was yeah, a good Yeah, but, but I think, you know, the, the big focus is, and, and this is sort of one of the, the strategies that I'm, I'm looking to deploy as far as the farm business goes, it's, it's actually finding uh, certain farm products that can be, uh, produced from materials here, but then can be shippable. So, for okay. example, like the reason why I'm thinking about like duck sausage is something that's something that's actually easier to transport. It has more of a shelf life than say, like uh, just duck breast. Right. Um, and, and so, uh, you know, I'm trying to work that out right now. But eventually, the plan is to have uh, some sort of, of store and, and presence. The other thing I'm looking at is we're about. Uh, three hours from Boston here and okay. uh, I'm trying to figure out actually a way to do distribution into the Boston area because that's really our, our, our close that or Montreal are our two closest uh, uh, major metro regions mm-hmm. nice wow uh, CB yeah I was just thinking about how beautiful this uh, citronella, citronella candlelight is that we have out here <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! I, I think tonight was a great episode for yeah, for twenty one. We talked about adult things. We really at twenty one. And I think it like like we were talking about like we like to promote going after you know your passions and everything right. like that. And Morgan is that exact story, like literally exactly. that right. exact story. It's that about is a- being adventurous and you know getting outside of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you, you're leaving uh, literally getting you know, outside your comfort exactly. zone. Exactly, you're leaving you know such a a cushy you know kind of lifestyle here in DC, uh, and really going out and like blazing your own trail. And and for that, you know, I have nothing but like you know commendation. You know, <laughs> exactly. Right. Did you had you ever been to Vermont before you decided to buy the farm? Yeah, no. Okay. I mean, I, I grew up in New England. So, oh, okay, yeah, you, did, you know, okay. this wasn't foreign territory for me. Okay. Like, you know, DC was always the furthest south I'd ever lived. So okay. That was always a little weird. So, yeah, no, <laughs> no. I, New England was kind of a familiar thing, but but living this far out was definitely different. Okay. Perfect. All right. Well, Morgan, we appreciate uh, you joining us tonight on yeah. We Are Something Else podcast. We're, let's let's plug that. We Are Something Else. It's yeah. W-E-R-S-U-M-T-H-I-N-E-L-S-E on all platforms. That's Instagram, Facebook, SoundCloud, uh, iTunes, Google Play. Everything. Everything. All, all the podcast platforms. Oh, yeah. All right? the pod- Superfly. Yo. Yeah. Superfly. Uh, Superfly Friends. Um, also un- at, under- at Superfly underscore TNT. I've been having a little bit of uh, beverages over here, so I'm a little, <laughs> a little saucy, but you know, 
Um, yeah, those, you can catch me at, at those places and also uh, just look for Superfly Friends. Uh, those three words on uh, all your favorite podcast platforms. That's where I can be found at. Uh-huh. And uh, we're all part of the auxiliary, yeah. uh, the-aux.com. Uh, Morgan, go ahead and plug your stuff again. Yeah, sure. So uh, Facebook, uh, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, it's all Goldshaw Farm. G-O-L-D-S-H-A-W-F-A-R-M. Perfect. Go. Right. Hey, we got to have him on when he's ready to, like, you know, start to put some of these nice, you know, duck products out. Maybe yeah, no, definitely. Or something like that. This is definitely a follow-up conversation. Yeah, we'll absolutely. definitely have another yeah, one. Yeah, and hey, look, if you guys ever want to take the, the show north, yes. uh, you, yes. you can broadcast yes. right from up here at the farm. Happy to put some you guys ball, up. some trees and, you know, get some work done. Have on some the of those I'm delicious, yeah, exactly. you know, they, they delicious just Vermont beers. Here in Vermont. <laughs> we might have to set that up. Exactly. We could do a road trip for that. I definitely miss you guys. So, yeah, and I'll keep listening for sure. You too, man. We appreciate yeah. you listening. Yeah. And we're gonna we're gonna put this podcast out. We're gonna plug the hell out of it. Yeah. Um, because this is probably one of the different, more different ones that we we've, nah, we've done. Most yeah, yeah, it's definitely. I, again, anything about self promotion or people who have an idea or a dream or passion and they just follow it. That's what we are something about. Uh, we are something else is all about. We yep. were founded on that that very yeah. those those principles. Yep. So. Uh, there's no for the soul segment because it's dark out here and I can't see anything <laughs> where, we're, where we're wearing. I am I'm, I am wearing Chuck Taylors though, but uh, and see I got the, some Ultra Boosts on. Yeah, and we you know, know what Superfly is wearing. Yeah. Oh, so uh, Morgan, what are you wearing? Uh, these are they're actually rubber like work boots. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. They're like the ones that go up above your calf. There you go. They're waterproof and uh, duck respect. poop. Yeah. yeah. Respect. Perfect. That's, I wouldn't expect yeah. anything else. Nope. Nothing else. Yep. All right, guys. That's uh, We Are Something Else. All right. All right. Peace. Peace. Dog at the party. So bring some protection before you get a little infection. That way you both can win when you wear your rough skin.